The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Honest Art Podcast. I'm your host, Jody King. As an artist for 20 years, instructor, speaker, author, and fellow rebel, I've worked with thousands of people around the world, from beginners to established artists, helping them create their strongest art and build a career doing what they love. So if you are ready to have a little fun while you learn about art, creativity, building a thriving art business, and living a bold, audacious life, you are in the right place. Also, if you're considering going pro in your art business, grab the PDF in the show notes on the five things they don't teach you in art school. All right, let's get messy. Welcome back to the Honest Art Podcast. I'm Jody King. And as I sit here recording this episode, uh, I'm preparing for a trip to Italy to teach a workshop in Tuscany. Um, so by the time you're hearing this, uh, I'll be packing my suitcase and getting ready to head out the door. Actually, who am I kidding? Last time I headed to Italy, I packed my suitcase the morning of. But anyway, um, when you're hearing this, I will basically be working on Babel in my Italian. So um, I'm pretty excited about it. But anyways, what I wanted to share with you today um, on today's episode are the tools that I use to make my honest art. And when I say, you know, my art, this could be anything from abstract art to figurative to the flowers I've been working on lately, um, you know, in any type of art that it is. But I'm recording this episode because this is one of the most frequently asked questions I get. Now, I get that I am about to do a podcast where I'm talking about tools. And if you are listening to this, you know, bless you. Uh, I would suggest maybe you head over to the YouTube channel because I'm going to be holding up different tools, um, but I'll be describing them as well. So anyway, good luck with that. Uh, if you haven't had an opportunity to head over to YouTube, do that because like I said, I'll be showing them more there. So um, yeah, so one of the questions I get so much, especially if I post a painting on Instagram or if I post it in my email and I send it out is um, how did you do that? Like, how did you get that line? How did you get this? How did you get that? And so um, it really is the tools. Uh, and when I say tools, I'm talking about not just like a paintbrush, although that's important, uh, but other things that I use in the process of making art. And I actually believe that these tools are as important as the actual paint that I use. So uh, when I teach workshops or I do anything, I always suggest to artists, like, bring your favorite tools. You know, I'll provide the paint, but you bring your favorite tools because those, like I said, are just as important as paint. And the reason is, is that, you know, these different lines and these different marks and stuff that we can make uh, with the tools they lend themselves to like a level of curiosity um, and a little bit of unexpectedness that you, or at least for me, I don't get just with paint. 
Um, but the other thing is that it really helps with composition. So um, like with composition, I like to think of composition as a dance of the opposites. So when you look at your painting, what what can you do that is like the opposite of what you're doing? So what I mean by that is sometimes um, our, we use one paintbrush and so all of the strokes are the same or all of the uh, areas of a color are the same. And so let's say you have a big fat paintbrush that you're using. Well, you know, obviously a little paintbrush would work or even better, you could even use, you know, a, a pastel or something. So uh, we are going to get into it today. All right. The first one that I always use, uh, that's charcoal. Now charcoal can come in various different, um, different types of charcoal. There is a willow charcoal, which is, uh, it's very, it, it's, it breaks easily, but it does is, is, you know, you can do some really fine lines with it and that's really cool. And then there's just the fatter things of charcoal. There comes in many different sizes. Uh, mine always end up breaking cause I, usually, you know, handle them pretty roughly. Uh, but you can turn charcoal on its side and you can make some fatter lines or you can, like I said, make some thinner lines. I, I love the look of when you add the charcoal to the painting and, you know, it's like if you add a little medium on top of the charcoal, it'll smudge a little bit, but not everybody likes that. So um, I suggest that if you do want to use charcoal, but you don't want it to smudge to use a fixative. My favorite fixative is um, made by Krylon. And all you have to do is, you know, you can use the charcoal or I'm going to talk more also about pastels and things in pen, uh, but you can seal it. If you don't want any of that smearing, which I think looks kind of cool, uh, you can use this fixative to make it, you know, fix, like stay still. Okay, the next tool that I love are my pens and markers, really of all kinds. So like, for instance, I love, um, I love my Sharpies. I love my, <laughs> I love my Sharpies. All right, now when I say Sharpies, you know, these are permanent markers, but I like all the kinds of Sharpies. So I like the fat Sharpies and I like the thin Sharpies and, you know, they come in a lot of different colors love them, use them all the time in my work. And if y'all are going to come at me and like, that's not archival, I don't care. Uh, that's just what I do. And the other thing I love is uh, pins, like all kinds of pins, uh, you know, different types of ballpoint pins. Um, uh, yeah, here's like some felt tip pins again. So like if you go to, if you use the pins and you go to varnish over the painting, it's going to smear. So just like with the charcoal, I always suggest if you're worried about it smearing, use the fixatives, you know, spray it over that, let it dry for a hot second, literally this seconds, it's probably 30 seconds, maybe a minute at the most, um, and it'll seal it. Okay, back to pens. So markers, pens and markers, you guys, um, I know a lot of you use these, but these, um, I'm going to call them Posca markers. They may be Posca markers, tomato, tomato, whatever. Uh, but they come in these different sizes. Ugh, they come in these like larger sizes like this, or they come in the smaller tips like this. So love me some pens and markers. I have these things around me all the time when I'm creating art. Okay, next we have graphite. Now you might be saying, well, if you're using charcoal, 
why would you also use graphite? Well, it's kind of like this subtlety that I really like. So charcoal is going to have that super black color to it, where is the graphite is going to be more of gray. And, you know, graphite is actually in pencils, right? So there's pencils like this. You can also get the fancy schmancy graphite pencils, which I have those too. I mean, I use them, but sometimes this is just a number two pencil is easier. Uh, but they also come in these like graphite sticks like this or, you know, a graphite pencil. But they also come in these fat honking graphites um, like this. You can make some fatter lines. And again, it's, you know, you definitely, if you don't want them to smear when you go back and varnish, then spray them with a fixative. But, okay, this little stick here, I'm going to spell it for you because I don't know how the hell to pronounce it, but it is spelled D-A-I-N-A-Y-W. W, 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 I'm from the South, W. Uh uh, should we give it a try? Dane you? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. All right. But this is, I freaking love this little uh, graphite stick because it's water soluble. And so like you could, are we going to do this? We're going to do this. All right. So you could, let me show you the difference for those of you who are watching on YouTube. All right. So you could just make a line right like that. Like you can just make a line and that's fine. But watch this. If you take this little tool that I don't know the name of and you dip it in water and you make a line it um it makes a whole different line and if you dip it y'all and I am going to drink out of that water so don't even come for me uh but you can just like it creates all kind of cool things and they'll drip at, like this is the coolest little tool again don't know the name of it but we will put it in show notes for you I promise um <laughs> okay uh all right now wait let me take a sip of this water just to get that um, that graphite into my body. All right. So now let's talk about pastels. All pastels are not created equal. So my favorite, favorite um, brand of oil pastels are uh, this brand called uh, Sennelier. S I'm probably, the French are like rolling over right now because I'm so Southern. Anyway, S-E-N-N-E-L-I-E-R. Y'all know what I'm talking about. All right. So oil, these, these brands of oil pastels are so amazing. Fun fact, for those of you who've been to Paris, you may know this, but there is a Sennelier art supply store um, in Paris on the fancy river. Somebody help me out with this. <laughs> the name of the river that goes around Paris. Oh my God, I'm, this is just embarrassing. Uh, anyway, that, that art supply store is where Picasso, Manet, Monet, like all of the people we know about, the greats, um, went to this store. All right. And so Picasso and uh, the store, Sennelier, created this um, line of oil pastels. How cool is that? Now, oil, all oil pastels are not created equal. These made by Sennelier are highly pigmented. They're yummy. They are rich. Um, now the difference, I probably shouldn't show you this other brand. Oh, there's a Sennelier that sneaked in there. I'm not going to tell you the brand of this one, but here's another brand of oil pastels. They're not created equal. Like I said, the difference is this other brand is 
super waxy, right? So oil pastels are waxy anyway, but they are, um, they're more waxy than they are pigmented. Whereas these Sennelier's, they are like butter. And when you put them on your painting, the color is super, super rich. Now, okay. One of the questions I get is, um, but can you, do, what do you do with oil pastels on the painting? What if they, um, don't they have to cure and they take so long to dry? So what I do, again, this is probably not archival. I'm just telling you what I do, people. All right. So what I do is I use them and then I let them sit on the painting for a good, you know, week, maybe two weeks, kind of let them cure a little bit. And then I apply the same fixative that I do with the other ones. So that's how I do the oil pastels. Now, um, there's also soft pastels, right? Um, uh, different soft pastels. I have a couple here. Again, my favorite is Sennelier. You do you. But I do use um, I do use soft pastels as well as oil pastels in my work. And I absolutely love them. Again, even with the soft pastels, you're going to want to use a fixative. Basically, you're going to need a fixative for all the things in your life. All right. Now... Can we talk about brushes? Brushes are important. Let me grab mine. Okay, brushes. Okay, now when I say brushes, I'm going to include um, a color shaper in that as well. But my the brushes that I like to use, there's all kinds of brushes that I use in one painting. I don't just use one kind. Why? Because like I said before, you want to have different lines. You want to have different marks. You want to have different strokes. Uh, because it creates interest in your work and in the composition. So I will use all of these in, in one painting generally. So I love me a good sponge brush. I'm weirdly picky about my sponge brushes. You can get some really, really cheap ass brushes that, well, these are cheap anyway. Um, but these, I like the ones that have the little plastic thing in the middle of it so that it has a little structure when you use the brush. If it doesn't have that plastic thing, it's just like, it's just like a, a limp. I won't even say what it is. Anyway, don't use the ones with the, the little plastic thing in the middle. Y'all know my brain. All right. So, and then, uh, uh, then we get to regular brushes, like big old fat brushes. If you're going to do big paintings, you need to change the size of your tools. You need to go up on the size. So I like to get my big brushes at the hardware store, way, way cheaper than getting them at, um, the, at the art supply store. By the way, most of these things you guys are going to be, uh, on my Amazon page. If you want to get them, we'll put this in the show notes to be able to get all of the, these different brushes, wherever you want. I'm just here to help you save money. That's why I get, I'm here for a lot of reasons. Helping you save money is one of them. Uh, you can get these, like I said, at the hardware store. And then my favorite brand of just regular brushes, I'll, you're going to have yours. You do you. But if you'll ask me, this is why I'm talking about it. Okay. So these are made by Dynasty. They're, um, I think they're called Dynasty Black Gold. Yeah. Black Gold by Dynasty. I know y'all can't see that, but I'm just holding it up. Why do I like these? Well, number one, they're just great. The bristles are great. I love them, but they're long handled, right? So they come in a lot of different sizes. They are not cheap, but they are amazing. Um, they come in these long handles. And why does that matter? It matters because sometimes when I'm um, doing especially abstract art, I don't want all of the control. Um, I 
I want control in every area of my life. <laughs> Total control freak, but not when I'm painting. So I'd like to be able to hold, um, yeah, to be able to hold the brush at the end. And so I'd like me a long handled brush. Uh, so yeah, love, love these. And then y'all know if you've taken a workshop with me or if you take the color course, um, this is a color shaper and not all color shapers are the same. This one comes to a tip. Um, it's made, uh, I think it's made out of silicon. Now some color shapers have like, they curve all the way in. And so when you wipe them across the painting, it like, it takes, in my opinion, it takes too much of the paint off. I like it like this because you can like reveal some paint behind it. You can also add paint. It kind of like, it's this cool dance. You never know if it's going to uh, leave paint on, take paint off. Anyway, it's cool. And the other thing is it makes these really sharp, um, these really sharp lines. Absolutely love it. Would be really hard for me to paint without these color shapers. Um, okay. So let's talk about mixing paint, what I use for that. So I know a lot of you here have taken the color course and y'all do talk about how it changes the game when you like are not mixing your paint on a paper plate. It just, it in inhibits you. Like you can't feel fully free. So you need a little more space to mix paint. Now I don't want you to, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to waste paint. I don't want to, it's like, you don't have to waste paint, but you do need a little elbow room to mix your paint. So what I use is I use this HDX plastic sheeting. Do y'all see this? Um, it comes in this big roll from the hardware store. Like I said, it's, um, it's amazing. And what I love about it is you can put your paints on there and you can mix your, your paints. And then when the paint dries, all you have to do is peel it up and then reuse the HDX plastic sheeting. Now, I've had people reach out and say, isn't that just like a shower curtain? Can't you just buy a shower curtain? Yep, you could totally buy a shower curtain, that's fine. But the thing about this, this um, sheeting is I can buy one roll of this, and I think the last roll I bought, if I'm just using it for myself, it'll last me easily three years. The other really cool thing about this plastic sheeting is when you peel up those, you know, the leftover paint, if you save them, those are called skins. If you save them and you add like some sort of glue or medium, you know, like a Mod Podge or something like that, you can use those skins and use them on a painting. So really cool. Uh, it's harder to do that with a paper plate. So love me some HDX plastic sheeting. All right. So let's talk about canvases. This is a personal thing. What I love for a canvas may not be what you love for a canvas, but I love those canvases that are like they're big honking thick edge canvases. Like my favorite is about a two and a half inch um, edged canvas. And the reason I love that is y'all framing is expensive and not everybody wants to frame their their art because they're like okay well you know i just spent a couple hundred couple thousand i don't know what it is um maybe i want to hold off a hot second before i frame it or maybe not at all those thick edge frames you can paint the edges don't waste the edges don't waste them 
paint the edges so that when it hangs on the wall, you can see those edges from everywhere in the room and they're really, really cool. So the canvases I like right now uh, are called uh, The Edge. That's like, I think that's it. They're called The Edge. Um, and I get them, they're pre-primed, so that's really nice. Uh, and right now I, um, you know, we're going to put all this in the show notes right now. I just go to the Googles and I look for the edge and you can find them where we are. Um, okay. Y'all know this would not be complete without me talking about my final, very favorite tool. Um, and that is my blue paper towels. These are made by Scott. They are, um, they're actually shop towels. So they originated in like for the automotive industry, you know, cleaning up spills and oil and things like this. I, I, I kid you not, I don't think I could paint a painting without these. They do all kinds of things. So they can, uh, you can tear them off and you can, you know, use them to make some soft edges. Um, I like to like spray water and let them drip. And then I lay this on the paint, painting and I pull it back and it reveals stuff underneath it. But also, especially when it gets to about like this size, because this is about halfway through the roll, I will dip this into the paint and add um, paint, use it like a paintbrush basically, and add paint to the canvas like this. So with this, so these are my favorite, very favorite tools. I like, I would feel like I had one arm uh, pinned behind my back if I didn't have these tools to paint with. I know you've got your favorite tools. I would love to hear about them. But um, if you're interested in finding any of these, please go to the show notes. And um, yeah, if there's anything else, let me know. Until next time, take good care of yourselves and each other. Peace out. Thanks for listening. And just a heads up, applications are now open for the next cohort of my high-touch mastermind experience for artists called Studio Elite. It's a six-month program that begins in the middle of July. It's limited in size as I work closely with each artist because let's face it, every artist is unique. The program includes weekly group coaching, monthly training, one-on-one -on -one coaching, art critiques, and an incredible community of supportive artists. Plus, and this is the best part, an exclusive in-person retreat with me and my team to mastermind and grow your art biz. If you'd like to apply for the program or just to learn more, click the link in the show notes and I'd love to see you there.